Hey, everybody. I'm John Dwoskin, an executive advisor and business coach. I work with successful business people who are stuck and want to take their company to the next level. Today, though, get ready to grow your business big, very big. In just a few seconds, you'll meet a dynamic business owner, executive, or salesperson willing to share the best practices that fuel their growth and success. Each interview is no more than 15-ish minutes long, so you can quickly learn effective tools to put into your business today. Please listen with new ears, and let's get to learning, let's get to growing, and let's get to thinking big. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, and thanks for taking time to listen to the Think Big Movement podcast. I appreciate it. I'm excited to have our next guest on the show, Joel Perlman. He's co-founder of Image One. They founded it in 1991. I'm going to give you a really impressive stat as I kick off uh, this episode, and that is that Image One was just ranked by Forbes magazine as one of the top 25 small businesses in America in America for 2017. So we're so proud. I'm proud to have him as not only a friend, but a Michigan uh, company and doing amazing things. Image One specializes in document lifestyle management. Joel's going to tell you all about what that means and why they are different uh, and how they differentiate themselves from their competition and the experience that the client gives. Uh, Joel, welcome to the show. Fill in the gaps and tell us more about you and Image One. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so uh, just to give you a little insight on the business itself, yes, document lifecycle management, which means we handle everything from print to process. I guess breaking that down a little bit more, we do managed print services, which is we may help companies manage their internal copiers and printers, help them uh, manage them more efficiently, find cost savings. We also help digitize basically manual paper-based processes and then also help create workflows to create more efficiency. And then the last piece, is, which is really big in the IT world, is help create document security. So that's some of the stuff that we do. So um, how do yeah, you so so how do you talk a little bit about how you bring that to life and I mean you have such a dynamic culture which within your business and how you bring that to life um, within the companies that are doing business with you and and new companies that are constantly doing business with you yeah absolutely so I mean obviously like mo- most industries um, we certainly have a lot of competition I think that that the piece that I think kind of differentiates us we have a couple things I would say for sure our culture we have a culture of care uh, which really um, implies that we actually genuinely care and appreciate our not only our team but our clients and their success and at the end of the day that really ends up showing through I think to the clients um, and they can see the difference and then I think that's how good relationships are built so that really comes through quickly when we meet with them but I think one of the biggest things that, that I would say uh, helps us connect, quite honestly, is my partner and I's story. Uh, my partner, Rob Dubay, and I, our story goes back to actually we've been best friends since fifth grade, uh, playing football on the playground together. We sold our first business was selling blow pops out of our locker together <laughs> in ninth grade. And uh, we had like 1,200% gross profit margin. We had no <laughs> overhead, free rent. It was real, literally a, a great business um, until one day our principal actually shut us down for um, competing with the school store. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, yeah. We, Shame we, on that we principal. That, 
Shame on that principal for not exactly. infusing entrepreneurial spirit uh, into you. You would think about how much. Sure. He was really, what, yeah. He was really nice about it, but you, you, they don't want money taken out of public schools, apparently. So it's not a good thing to do. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I think the reason it really connects with people, the story, and it, that's kind of the what how Rob and I fell in love with entrepreneurship was that we were just like, wow, this is fun. And but when we tell the story, I think people just connect to the humanity of it, the longevity of our friendship, the fact that we're we've been doing this forever, blow pops, you know, and I, so I think people connected to being to to being kids, to having these long, genuine relationships. And all of a sudden it kind of becomes this human thing rather than another business trying to sell us something. So I think we instantly kind of get people to kind of soften up on us and then it opens the door from really them to listen to some of the really strong things that we do for our clients. So, you know, a, a couple of things on what you just said. Well, first I have a question. How much were you selling the blow pops for versus the store? I mean, were you undercutting the school store? Or what? <laughs> well, they didn't sell blow pops because they have gum in them. So we probably contributed to the gum under the uh, desk epidemic <laughs> that they don't want in schools. Uh, but yeah, we were. It was twenty five cents, and we bought them for two cents a piece. Right. So it was. It was pretty nice margin. Well, and, and maybe in <laughs> we, high, we're, we're we're so happy when we get like thirty thirty five percent margin today. You know. Right. So, so I guess the lesson 1200%. is for people listening who are in school. The lesson is. Uh, to do Tootsie Roll pops. So, I mean, you can't, you basically, there's no gum, <laughs> there's no gum involved. It's very funny that you say that. I have thought about that because we give pop, blow pops away all the time. Do you? Yeah. I always feel like people would rather have the Tootsie Pops because people don't want to be chewing gum all the time, but I don't know. Maybe people like the gum. So <laughs> That's awesome. Anyway. So let, let's yeah. go back for a second and talk about your jump into yeah. entrepreneurship because um, I think there are so many people out there who are stuck in jobs and they're, and I say jobs and not careers. They are stuck in jobs. They are not having fun. They want to get to fun. They want to get to their passion. They want to make a jump into entrepreneurship, but they simply don't know how. So, you know, I know you, you may not have all the answers for these, for people who are listening, but, but how do you start to, you know, build that bridge to walk over to, to fun? Cause I think, I think that's what, it's life should be fun. Career should be fun. Uh, but I think that's yeah, not yeah. the norm. I agree. And I mean, you, you know, this as well as I do entrepreneurship's not for everyone, even if, you know, your passion might be something where, but, but you still want to work for someone because there's certainly a whole level, uh, level of complexities. It's, it is fun, but there's a whole level of complexities when you start doing things on your own, you, you know, that better than everyone or anyone. And, um, I'm probably honestly not the best person for this question only because I never knew anything but entrepreneurship. Uh -huh. I literally started my business before I even graduated from college because I was someone who just, uh, I just kind of knew how to market myself and sell as I was young. And I knew I had fun uh, doing it, but I would, um, you know, from my perspective, I guess I, I would keep thinking about what do I love and, and hone in. And I, I talk about, um, you know, there's this concept of unique ability that everyone really has. And um, if you hone in on it, and I actually didn't know this early on when I first got into business, I thought I was supposed to be good at everything. I, and I was really young and naive. But as I've kind of grown and learned, and I met a gentleman named Gino Wickman, 
he kind of turned us on to this concept of unique ability and everybody has one. Um, and if you can find it, even within where your job is, where you're at, if you can start focusing on that unique ability or get your, you know, whoever you work for to see that this is your unique ability and you can kind of get into it. Um, I think then that's a way of kind of embracing and finding your passion as well. If you don't have the wherewithal to go out and, you know, start your own thing. You know, it's, that's so important for a couple reasons. I uh, did a year of strategic coach. And one of the things they talk about there is unique ability as well. And really focusing mm-hmm. into your unique ability. And when I took the class, in, in the class were many entrepreneurs and also many people that were just um, working for companies but had kind of an independent contractor mind but wanted to be part of a platform, et cetera. And, 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 and it's interesting because as business owners too, and you manage 50 plus people, it's so important to make sure that your team are working within their unique ability. And then if you reverse engineer that, it comes to making sure that you're recruiting and getting the right people in the right seats to make sure that, you know, you're getting each person to grow and accelerate their unique ability. It's better for them. It's better for the company. So um, I think I think it's great that you, I appreciate you bringing that up. That is really important. Absolutely. By the way, it's interesting that you mentioned strategic coach because Gino Wickman, he pulls all his great concepts from his mentors, and one of them is uh, the gentleman who started Strategic Coach. Dan Sullivan. Um, and yeah. that is where, yeah, and that is where he got the concept of, of unique ability from. Um, but you're dead on, and, and Gino gives another concept, which, which is kind of what you were just talking about, which is whenever you're, you know, with all of your team members and or employees, that there's three things that you want them to have. You want them to get it want it and have the capacity to do it. Get it is the cultural piece. Do they fit into the values that you hold dear to your business that you guys live and breathe every single day? And if they don't, they're not necessarily a fit for your organization. Do they want it? And that's, are they excited? Are they passionate about the job? Because back to your point, if someone's not passionate about what they're doing, you're not going to get your best out of them. And then the last piece is capacity to do the job. And that's kind of an obvious one, which is they got to be able to perform uh, the tasks at hand. Right. So. No, spot on. Uh, tell us about your, 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 your company that you uh, started after college that you sold. And uh, give, a, give us a little flavor on that and your backstory for that. Yeah, sure. So um, the company originally actually was, we, we started was remit just, and, and actually interestingly enough, it's really the same business. We just ended up buying it back. So uh, we started by remanufacturing toner cartridges for laser printers. That's kind of the concept. Um, we found the idea in uh, Entrepreneur Magazine. I actually didn't even know what a laser printer was back then, but saw this idea to remanufacture toner cartridges for laser printers and thought it was cool. Uh, we did that up until uh, about 2004 and then were approached by a company uh, who wanted to take um, our organization and put image ones basically all over the map for them. And they were a really big company. Um, they, they bought us and they ended up uh, basically um we ended up trying to sell them on the vision that they bought us on the whole time we were there. So they basically probably shouldn't have bought us. They were kind of a, a very big sinking ship. And um, after about a year and a half, we uh, were looking to possibly 
approached them on buying ourselves back. Um, and they uh, actually approached us before we did and said, hey, guys, would you want to take your business back? So uh, we ended up getting it back. And it was a really an amazing experience for us to learn that, um, first of all, the corporate world was not for us. Uh, again, love the love of entrepreneurship and working for ourselves. But it kind of got us that the grass isn't, isn't necessarily greener uh, piece. And, um, and then also it really helped us to, to kind of get more revived in the business and start really, really focusing on the culture of the business and, and, um, building this extraordinary experience for not only our team, our customers, our community. Um, and it's really what's helped us kind of take off over the last, uh, 10 to 13 years since we bought it back. Um, well, that's a great story. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's an impressive story. <laughs> you, know, you don't hear many stories about that going as, as smoothly. So congratulations uh, to you guys. And it says a lot about you being able to plug back into you know, the DNA of your business. I just recently read Great by Choice. And one of the things it talks about mm-hmm. is how um, Steve Jobs was thrown out of Apple and basically Apple was on the brink of going under. He came in and basically turned it around and built it to, to what he did. And when he was asked how, he basically said, you know what, I just went back to the, the same principles and the DNA of how I built the company from scratch. And, uh, you know, and he just plugged right back in, which sounds, it's exactly what you did, which is impressive. Um, you know, let me, let me say this too. Uh, you know, you guys are not only ranked as one of the top 25 small businesses in America by Forbes. Uh, you've also uh, um, uh, recently got an award, 101 Best and Brightest Companies to Work For, uh, as well as many other accolades. So what is the secret to being and becoming, uh, as we kind of close out here in the last minute or so, of, of becoming a top 25 small business in America? Uh, for 2017, because that is, um, that's an incredible feat. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, I think they were looking at a few things at the, the criteria that I, I, you know, I think went into it. I, um, I think that one of them was definitely being a financially healthy organization. Um, but they, they were on the culture piece. They were looking for organizations that were not only doing really unique things with their teams, um, but also with the community. So we do a couple things. One, one on the community side is we give all of our employees, um, we have about 52 employees, we give everybody a volunteer day, a day to take off in the community and go do something that they are passionate about. Um, and then the other thing, another thing that they were really intrigued about is that we started doing open book management with our organization a few years ago. Um, we actually came off kind of a tough time and we opened our books to, um, our entire team, teaching them how to read and understand our balance sheet, how to read and understand our income statement and actually teaching each one of them how, what they do specifically in our organization actually impacts the bottom line of the business. And what we found from it was an unbelievable level of empowerment and, uh, and ownership. Um, and we share in the successes actually together when we do well, and we're all in it together when we're going through tough times. So that they were really intrigued by that. Um, it's, it's, it is, it's a rarity. It's becoming more and more popular. 
but there's a lot of companies out there that are really uh, timid about opening up the books to their organization. But I, I, I think it's uh, an absolutely unbelievable thing to do um, if you have the right culture. Well, you, you nailed it. I mean, having the right culture and the right leadership uh, gives you um, a, a better probability of that working. And uh, it's that's incredibly impressive. And I'm not surprised just having known you for a while and the type of person that you are um, and the leader and good-hearted human being you are, I'm not surprised that it continues to work. And, and of all the accolades that you've gotten uh, are no surprise. And it's great watching you uh, have built your business and continue to grow your business. Um, tell people, uh, Joel, how to get a hold of you and, uh, and, and any parting piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I would say if you need to get a hold of us, you could get a hold of us at, uh, image one, www.imageoneway.com. The one is spelled out and you could call 800-799-5377. We'd be happy to get you in touch with a document specialist. Um, and then from my standpoint, I guess the best piece of advice that I would give is, uh, um, you know, be servant leaders to your team, um, deliver an extraordinary experience to your, um, to your team and they will, uh, they'll run through walls for you. That's great. So that would be my, it's great, man. Well, Joel, I appreciate you taking time to share your wisdom, your thoughts and your advice. Uh, today, thank you very much and uh, have an amazing rest of the day. John, thanks for having me on. This is great. All I right. appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, Joel. Thank you. All right, bye. Okay, take care. Thank you for listening to the Think Big Movement podcast. For show notes and links to anything we talked about, please visit johndwaskin.com. For additional best business practices, you may enjoy my latest book, The Think Big Movement. Grow your business big, very big. Lastly, if you want to talk to me about advising and coaching your business, please email me, john at johndwaskin.com. Text or call me at 248-535-7796. Have an amazing day, an amazing week, and as always, think big. I got some bitches on.